Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we're going to be talking about a lot of wonderful brand new films. But the first one is really exciting to me because it was a huge part of my childhood, and I'm sure it was a huge part of a lot of people's childhoods. And it is Dora and the Lost City of Gold. We're going to be talking with some wonderful reporters, including Natalia and Tania Rain. We're also going to be talking with Kaylee. It's her first time on the radio show. She's 10 years old from New York. So, Kaylee, welcome very much to the show. We're glad to have you. We'll start off with you, Kaylee. So, my first question for you is just overall, what did you think of this film? And was was there anything you could have improved? And what was your just overall opinion? Well, I really thought this movie was great. But I was thinking about, like, Boots and the swiper you could really see that they were not really realistic you could really see where they used the green screen in this oh that's really too bad to hear i absolutely hate it when you can see the visual effects that's that's really sad to hear uh natalia did you see something similar where you can kind of see that the visual effects was there and it looked a little bit fake you know at some parts i would say that i saw a lot of visual effects popping out through the film i would agree with kaylee through the most animated characters, which is Swiper and Boots, I could see a lot of visual effects behind that. Some glitches, maybe even. But overall, the film was actually pretty amazing, very imaginative. And actually, it was one of my favorite films I've ever watched. That's really good to hear. And it is true, you know, younger children, they're not going to pay paying attention to the most intricate of details and visual effects because, you know, you know, they're focused on the characters, the stories. But it is sad to hear that they had those issues on a professional film. So now, Rain, just one more comment on visual effects before we move on. Did you think it was distracting or do you think it fit the story and you didn't mind it very much? Um, I think it was both distracting and not because mostly like the film, it you really could kind of see when there were points where you should use the green screen because it was probably just the way that they used Swiper and Boots in certain scenes. But overall, it was actually pretty great. That's wonderful to hear. Let's jump back to Kaylee. I want to talk about the story a little bit. So for people who aren't familiar, Dora the Explorer is actually a very like long-standing cartoon i mean when i was very very young 10 15 years ago i was watching it and i'm sure it's even older than that so it's been around for a long time i'm really curious though so kaylee what kind of direction did they take the story like what's the story of the film well they first started it as dora being a little kid and then they brought her being older but at but Isabel, Isabella Monomer really fits Dora being a teenager. It's like if you took Dora from the cartoon and put her in a teenager life. She doesn't really fit in, but she's being herself. That's good to hear. I am very surprised that they aged Dora up because in the original cartoon, Dora was a young girl. She was six, seven years old, and that was supposed to make her relatable for younger children. So, Natalia, have you seen the original cartoon where Dora is younger and it's animated? You know, it's very funny that you actually asked that of me because ever since I was little, I've been obsessed with Dora and I have, I do have some times here and there where I'll look back in my room and I have pictures and my mom tells me every day that ever since I watched this film, your room was decked out with Dora, everything. I had Dora parties every year and I dressed up for Halloween like more than three times in a row. So I watched this, I watched this TV show like every day. 
Oh, that's so amazing. So this question is definitely right for you. What did you think of the film compared to the show? Do you think it was right to age her up and also make it live action? Because like I said, the cartoon was a cartoon. It was animated. You know what? I was very excited when I heard out they were making a film about Dora because it's different than a TV show. I mean, it's just one long experience, but on the TV on the show it's actually multiple experiences so i was excited to see what adventure dora will be taking this time and it was very unique to see how diego and dora were all real life and how she actually has friends and she went to school and everything it was very different than the show but i enjoyed it very much and i was happy to see that they actually expanded dora that's wonderful to hear you're listening to Kids First Coming Tractions right now, and we're talking about Dora and the Lost City of Gold, and we're speaking with the reporters Kaylee, Natalia, and Sonia Rain. Right now, we're just talking about the difference between the animated original show and this new blockbuster film. Now, I want to get into the nitty-gritty of the technicals of the film, and I want to ask about acting, because we do have a mix of child acting and young adult acting here, and some adults, too, just grown-up adults. So, Sonia Rain, overall, what did you think of the acting, and do you think the cast really fit the roles? I think the cast did really fit the roles, and um, I feel like those people who, I feel like Dora, the person who played Dora, actually did it very well, because it, it kind of really fit her as a character, especially as a teenager, Um, and I would kind of know because I am an actor, like I'm an actress alone, like out of Kids First, so I do act, so I know how it feels. That's good to hear. And Kaylee, what did you think of kind of like, do you think it was good for kids? Because Dora, the show was originally meant for kids. So overall, what's your opinion on the age range? Do you think it is good targeted to kids? Do you think it'll be entertaining for kids? What do you think? Well, I think it would be very entertaining for kids. But I would say maybe for a kid's range, it would probably be like four four to ten probably and also people who grew up with with Dora because they kind of would take what they know about the what the uh, animated cartoon and put it to that but I would say if like parents don't like um like kissing and stuff at like the end there's a part like that but that's all if, like, children don't like that and stuff so that's why I put it to four Okay, I can understand that. And Natalia, what do you think about age range? Well, it's door kind of expanded to perfect age range for multiple children and young adults and teenagers as well. My age range for this um, film would be 5 to 18 as well as adults. And my reasoning behind giving this age range 5 to 8 as 5 to 18, excuse me, as well as adults is because um, I thought at first when I walked into the movie theater that, which was Studio Movie Grill, which I had the best experience ever at a movie theater. It was like a dine-in where you can relax. There were seats where you can fold it all the way. You can lay down. It Dessert, it was awesome. The best dessert I ever had, which made my experience even better. So when I, my um, reasoning behind this as I, sorry, I got a little off track there, was because when in the beginning, as uh, Kaylee said, it started off when she was very young, and it fit perfectly when she grew up. And it just, I think 5 to 18, as well as adults, fit very well, because at first I thought it was going to be pretty boring, because I outgrown Dora. And when I just watched it, I loved it. I mean, it was one of the best movies I've ever watched, actually. It was so imaginative and creative and unique, and I loved it. 
you know, it's good that they captured that age range, 5 to 18, because that is the perfect family age range where basically kids and adults can enjoy, too. And just to add to your theater notes, theaters have become really, really awesome. For people listening, check out your local theaters, because chances are they made a lot of great changes recently. So, Naya Rain, I have the same question for you. What do you think of the age range, and do you think it's good for kids to watch? Um, I think the age range is perfect, because 5 to 18 really shows that um, younger kids well, they might not completely understand the theme of the story, but they will get a glimpse of it being Dora and how she's actually real and not animated and how realistic she seems and how adventurous she is. It seems like it is really just a good family film and definitely good for kids. But tonight, Rain, my next question for you is a little bit more critical. How many stars out of five stars do you give this film and why? I give this film five out of five stars because I've never seen a movie that has came, well, I think I have, but this is one of the first movies that I very much liked, that I've seen a cartoon out of it that was a TV show and turned into a really good movie. I'm glad to hear the adaptation really did capture the feel of Dora. Uh, Natalia, what do you think? How many stars do you give this film? I would definitely give this film a five out of five stars, and if I haven't, exper- if I haven't expressed how much I love this film, I really do love it, and I hope this age range and this star recommendation will help you figure out if you want to go watch this film. And Kaylee, what do you think? How many stars do you give this film? I will. I would give it four point five stars out of five stars. It was. It was a great movie. I really liked it, especially like living with Dora, Dora the Explorer. It really caught my attention by really taking me back. Well, you heard it here. It seems like a really great film. I want to see it because I just want to kind of relive my Dora nostalgia, if that's a thing. So definitely go to your theaters nearby. Maybe they're serving ice cream and desserts, too. But let's take a break right now. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show sponsored is by The Jungle Brunch. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahaba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about Dora and the Lost City of Gold, and next I'll be talking with Callista about Bunel in the Labyrinth of the Turtles. Welcome to the show, Callista. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. So when I heard this film's name, it was so different and unlike anything I've heard. So I'm super interested to talk to you about this. So can you start by telling me um, what the film is about? So basically, Buñuel in the Labyrinth of the Turtles is a historical fiction piece about Luis Buñuel, who was a famous surrealist director from the 1930s. And it basically goes through his experience working on his documentary, Last Heard Us. And it basically just shows him filming the, filming the documentary and the production of it. And it, that's basically what the story is about. Wow, I love it when there's like movies um, that are made about movies. It's sort of like movieception, and I always love watching those. So, um, what did you think about the animation? I noticed um, that it was a Hispanic animated movie, and thought that was quite different. Yeah, it it was a very interesting animated experience for multiple reasons. Um, one obvious reason is that. Uh, there's unfortunately not a lot of 2D animated movies of late, which, I mean, even though I love, like, a lot of 3D animated movies, they're they're great films, but it is nice to see traditional 2D animation. And, you know, this film had a very unique art style. It just, it's felt so grounded in a way that is impossible to describe. And not only that, but I feel like this is, Probably because the director was kind of a known uh, surrealist, it kind of feels like the animators just went wild in a few scenes, and it's like, it, you kind of see these scenes, and you're like, well, they didn't really need to go that hard with those scenes, but I guess they did. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, fully describe these scenes, because there are multiple scenes that just go ridiculous with the imagery, and I feel like those are scenes that you need to see to believe. Wow, that's cool. Would you say that these scenes, um, they sort of adapt the surrealism that you were mentioning? Yeah, because, because uh, well, from what I know, uh, doing research on Louis Buñuel, he was like, he was most well known for being surrealist and being like very experimental with his films. He didn't, he didn't seem to do a lot of things that like. He seemed to just sort of do what he wanted to do. And it kind of feels that way when you watch these scenes, the specifically the very surreal scenes, because uh, I'm just going to say it right out. This is not like a film that I feel like little kids should be watching. This is definitely a more mature animated film, which that's another thing I've been wanting more in animation. So that ticks multiple boxes for me. But there are many scenes that, specifically the more surreal scenes that I feel should not be shown to little kids unless you're very confident that they will be able to handle it. So that's more so up to you. But they do get a bit to a point with the imagery where I kind of felt like, okay, I was not expecting that. Um, I Again, I don't want to describe for multiple reasons um, what exactly happens in these scenes, but I can just say that there's a lot of 
adults references and there are some scenes that I feel go a little bit too heavy in terms of animal cruelty specifically just warning okay I see but um that's really cool I haven't seen too many um animated movies that are for like more older audiences like teenagers and adults and um those that I have seen are usually really amazing and very imaginative and um, a unique way, exactly like you're saying. And so um, what did you think about this plot and the screenplay? I thought it was really unique because I haven't really seen a lot of animated films that go for a more historical route. Um, I mean, this is a film talking about a real person who... Um, a real person and working on a and talking about a real documentary and I think it is interesting that it goes more into the psychological aspects of this director and it also a big um a big focus of this film is the relationship between Luis Buñuel and his friend Ramon Asin who was an anarchist painter around the same time as Luis Buñuel was working on his films and a big um, aspect of the story is that uh, Ramon Asin was basically the only reason the film actually got made. He was the producer and the one who basically funded the whole project. And it, there's a lot of scenes dedicated to their interactions. And you do, you do really get a sense that these are like friends. And even though this is a retelling of their friendship, you do get like, that's another good thing. Because like the writing and like, you know, the the writing and the directing and the voice acting and everything, it all comes together to really, it makes you feel like you're, like you're watching a real friendship, even though you know that both of these people are dead and it's a retelling of their friendship. Wow, that's really wonderful. It seems like this film has so many wonders. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dora, The Lost City of Gold, Angry Birds 2, Blinded by the Light. And right now I'm going to continue talking with Callista about Bunuel in The Labyrinth of the Turtles. So, um, Callista, what are your thoughts um, on the voice acting? And I'm curiously, I... I noticed that this film is originally in Spanish with the lips dubbed well, um, or if there, it wasn't dubbed, whether it was subtitled well. Uh, it was not dubbed. It was actually in subtitles. And uh, I do, like, it is a case where it's, like, even, like, ignoring the language, the language boundaries, which, you know, do kind of come and you do kind of wonder. It's, like, um, is it because, like, would this have, like sounded better would I have an easier time telling if it was good acting if it was in my original language but even like ignoring that I do kind of get the feeling that everyone really cared about this because this does seem like a a very like this does seem like a project that a lot of people were very passionate about and I do kind of get that vibe from the voice acting even though it is harder to tell because of the barrier Okay, cool. And so, um, I noticed again that this film, it actually won several awards at film festivals. Um, what do you think the reasoning is behind that? I think because this film is just, I think it's such an interesting and, like, unique film. Because, like, I don't know how it is in Spain or other countries, but I know here in America, animation is usually targeted towards children and you know sometimes that you do get films that are very insightful and they do go 
they do go beyond that and they do treat their audience as people who can understand mature themes. And I'd say about 85% of the time, it's not that, but you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a topic for another day, but I don't know if that's a similar way in Spain, but I do know that in other countries, um, like they do get a bit more adult in terms of animation. So, and I don't know if that's the case in Spain, but I do think like even ignoring like all the mature themes and the dark jokes and everything and the graphic imagery, I do think this film is just interesting in terms of the way it presents a story because you do get really like, because you do, because as someone who is like a fan of film and I had never heard of this director before, it is interesting because you basically see Luis Buñuel's life um, unfold in front of you and it is presented really well. And there's just, a lot to unpack here because like I mentioned previously this film is very psychological and it's also has a lot of interesting imagery and a lot of symbolism and I think that can be really appreciated and also this film just has a very unique animation style like even ignoring the fact that it's 2D animated I think like it has just a nice aesthetic that really works with the story it's trying to tell because it is kind of a drab and dark story and I think all of these amazing aspects combined just made it a film that was very, you know, passionate and unique. And I think, and I think a lot of people feel the same way, given the fact that it's won multiple awards. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm really excited and intrigued by this film. I just can't wait to watch it. Everything you've told me, it makes this film sound so special and definitely a must watch. But um, what messages did you ultimately learn after watching the film? I think there's a big discussion, like, in terms of the film's themes and, stu- and such about, you know, filmmaking and, like, the lengths people will go. Because uh, many of the darker scenes, um, you kind of wonder, like, you ki- it kind of makes you, you uncomfortable and it and does sort of portray... Luis Buñuel as, yes, he was an amazing filmmaker and he really made people think about his films, but also it does it does not shy away from aspects of, you know, the specific documentary and the production behind it. And it, it shows those in detail. And that also does kind of work into the style that Luis Buñuel seemed to have, where he was not afraid to show people dark things and dark imagery. And because he wanted to be honest, so he was not afraid to show these things that many people were not a fan of. And I feel like the movie perfectly encapsulates that Um, because I am not one to stomach animal cruelty. So let me just say there were a few specific scenes where I'll admit it was like, okay, that went a bit too far. But then when I learned about the sort of ideology that Louis Buñuel had, I kind of thought to myself, that actually makes sense because this feels like not just a retelling of the story of the making of this documentary, but also a sort of love letter to the style of Luis Buñuel, because it also seems to sort of just tell a story. It, I find it interesting that the movie seems to be trying to tell a story about Luis Buñuel in the style of Luis Buñuel. And honestly, I just have mad respects for that. Yeah, wow, this is mind-blowing. Like, the more you tell me, the more I'm getting excited and more um, intrigued, and I can't wait to watch this movie. Um, so finally, Calista, what would you say the age range and star rating should be? Um, I would give this film four out of five stars. I 
just thought it was amazing. And I would recommend it for ages 13 to 18. And if you are a fan of history and the history of filmmaking and just the art of it, or uh, if you're a fan of both and you can also stomach some uncomfortable material, I think this would be a great film for you. Wonderful. And one final question, Calista. I really want to watch this film, so could you tell me where I could view it? I actually, like, it seems like it's kind of a hard film to find from what I can tell. I could not find any information about, like, specifically where, but however, um, they it does seem like this film is being localized currently, because it did originally release in 2018, but it seems on August 16th, it's, like, it's going to be having a theatrical release, um, there did seem to be showings in my area. I don't know if that's the same way for your area. So you would probably have to check that. But if there is a theatrical screening uh, near you, I would definitely recommend this. Yeah, I'll be sure to look out for it. And if not, when it comes in theaters, maybe if it comes on pay-per-view. So, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you, Calista. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I'm thrilled to watch this movie, Boonal, in the Labyrinth of the Turtles, and I hope you can find it um, at a screening near you today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Jungle Bunch. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry or one for kids first and today we're going to be talking about another brand new film and this time we're going to be talking about angry birds 2 the reporters talking with us will be damon and will so damon my first question for you is just what do you think of this one compared to the first one i really enjoyed the first one i thought it was a great fun kids film did this one maintain that, or do you think it lost some of it? I think that this one was actually 
better than the first one. The first one really was just a backup for showing how the backstory between the pigs and the and the birds. But the second one is like a real story between them, and and people don't already know it, and it's completely new. And there's a lot, also a lot more jokes in it. That's really good. I honestly thought the first one was really funny. I was surprised just how good it was because I didn't expect much of it, but I'm glad this one is even better. Well, what do you think? How do you think it compares to the first one? Um, actually, I think it's the other. Um, honestly. I think there were more jokes, and although the funniness wasn't really, like, spread out throughout the movie, although there was one scene where I just cracked up. Okay, well, that's sad to hear. And, Damon, I want to talk about the animation. (laughs) You know, the first one was an animated film, and it wasn't anything special. You know, it was just your sort of kind of cartoonish animation. How about Angry Birds 2? Do you think it had any better animation, or...? Was it about the same? It was basically the same animation, but the animation is still pretty good as they look very like their video game characters. Okay, and Will, what do you think? Um, I think the animation on the birds is like almost the exact same, but the pigs look a lot different. I don't know why. Huh, that's kind of interesting because, you know, because animation is a very technical field, logically it should get better with time as computers get advanced. So it's interesting. They decided to make the pigs different, but not the birds. I find that really interesting. But anyway, Damon, I got to ask you, overall, do you think that the story is good for kids? Because I know, I think both of you mentioned that the story is a little bit different this time. So do you think the story is still good for kids? Because I liked it about the first one. It was simple and straight to the point. This one is still good for for kids like the first one, there's it's a bit more complicated, but it's also based on how how much adults will enjoy it and it, and kids too. Okay, and Will, a very similar question for you. Do you think it still teaches something to kids? Because the first one did have a pretty strong message that it maintained throughout the entire film. Do you think this one has that message, or do you think it kind of veered away from having a theme? I didn't really catch a message. Maybe like think before you're asking. Okay, that's very fair. And because this is the second one, I don't think anybody expected two feature films based off a mobile app. Damon, do you think that there should be a third one? Well, there could be a third one, but they can, and they can basically make anything out of it. But I don't really think it. it I think it will be very hard for them to make a third one. Because cause the first one had, had a story, a good story. Then the second one, they made up a new story. And, and they're adding more things. But the third one would, would be a lot more complicated than the second one, than the first. Yeah, you know, at this point, I feel like it's kind of going away from the video game. Because, of course, Angry Birds films are based off the Angry Birds app, which is a very similar concept. And just seems like it's completely its own thing now which i don't know if i really like it kind of takes away the excitement of seeing a film about it and will my question for you is do you do you uh what do you think of the characters in general and of course the voice acting too because i really like the characters in the first one they were pretty funny they were well developed i think that my favorite character 
in both films was probably Chuck. And, um, they, Chuck and Bomb were both very funny in both, but I feel like the character of Red actually, um, he, he like, completely changed. Because in the first one, I actually liked his character better because he had, like, explosive outbursts of anger every once in a while. And it was just really funny, but in this one, he's more of, like... Oh, yeah, I'm the hero. Hooray. And he does get a little angry, although, when he's not the hero anymore. Okay, that's kind of disappointing that they broke one of the character jokes, but I can understand they wanted something a little bit different in the second film. Right now, you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions, and we're talking about Angry Birds 2, and we're speaking with Damon and Will about it. And my next question for you, Damon, is what is your favorite scene in the film, and why is that your favorite scene? My favorite scene in this film isn't actually from the main story in it. It's from the subplot that went through the entire film, starting, like, almost completely from the beginning. And in it, there's three hatchlings that have lost their eggs. But basically, my favorite part of that subplot was that when they got the eggs of their eggs stuck on a cloud, so they had to blow up one of themselves into and then the other two stood on them, and they floated up, and they mixed, missed the cloud, and they just kept going up. And then suddenly, then suddenly, music started playing by David Bowie, and a realistic space background started showing up, and they were really out of place. Everyone in the theater I was in was laughing. <laughs> You know, I love it when animated films just completely lose track of reality and just go bonkers. It's the greatest thing in the world, and it's really depressing a lot of films don't do that. Even live-action films. I love it when live-action films just completely lose track of what is reality. It's amazing, and I'm glad this film did it. Will, I know you had some critical thoughts about this film, so how many stars do you give it, and why? Um, I think I give it 3.5 out of 5 stars, probably because... um. Honestly, it wasn't as good as the first one, but there were a lot of really funny parts, and it still kept, basically, it still kept the same characters, although I think the reason that this film wasn't as as good is because, like you were saying, it kind of strays from the video game more than the first one, because there's nothing to do with... There's almost nothing to do with slingshots in this one. Yeah, I kind of figure that's going to happen. For people who don't know, just some context. In the video game, if you haven't played it, you control birds and you slingshot them at pigs to get things. That's basically the entire game. So the first one is really about that. And the second one seems to kind of completely veer off into its own cinematic universe almost. Which I guess is allowed. It's just, you know, a very different type of style now. Damon, what do you think? How many stars would you give this film and why? Well, I would give it basically too small a difference to really count, but it was basically a 4.8. There were, in fact, catapults in it at the beginning, really, but there were slingshots in it, the big ones, like in the games. I just, there was this one joke that I didn't really like, and I don't want to spoil, I just didn't like the joke, and that would bring it down like 0.1. So, that's the only... So, basically, five stars. Okay. It overall seems like it is a pretty okay film. My question, though, is, is it good for kids? Like, 
because of course this is an animated cartoon film for kids so will do you think it's good for kids do you think kids would enjoy it what's your opinion um i think kids would enjoy most of it but there is more of a love interest in this one so i don't know if younger kids would enjoy it as much as the first one yeah, it seems to me a lot of animated films and the sequels, they like to introduce love and trust. I'm not sure why that's a trend. But, Damon, same question to you. How, do you think it's good for kids? Basically the same thing that he, Will said. That Fair enough. There's a bit of a love interest, and it, yes, it, it would be good, most of it. That's absolutely fair. Well, for viewers watching, it still seems like it may be an enjoyable film. Definitely pretty good for kids. So I check it out. But thank you, Damon and Will, so much for talking to me about Angry Birds 2. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orts from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by The Jungle Bunch. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back we've been talking about dora and the lost city of gold angry birds 2 and next we'll be talking with arjun and ivy on blinded by the light welcome to the show guys thanks for having me of course yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you guys about this film. I've seen the trailer and it looks like a cool film. But Arjun, so can you tell us um, a little bit about the film? So it's basically about this guy. He's a um, he's born. He's a Pakistani, like born like his fa- his family's from Pakistani, and you know he's brought up in in Britain, and of course it's a very racist hometown and you know he has to really understand the ways of his family and he's a writer too so he really wants to find his voice and get it out there 
and he really inspires it through the music of Bruce Springsteen. Sorry, that was all over the place. No, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, and so Ivy, what did you think about this plot and sort of the way it's told? Well, I really enjoyed this plot. I think it was really well planned out. And I love the inspiration and I love the music and the 80s style costumes and hair, which I loved the most because it was so crazy. And um, I love that it shows you the real struggles in life through their economic struggles where they didn't have enough money to pay for things. So they lived on a budget. Then I also liked how, as previously said, he was a writer. So he... He thought of he thought outside the box rather than other people. He didn't have many friends, but he was a really cool person and had a really good spirit, but lacked a lot of confidence. And he was Pakistanian. Okay, cool. It's not, it sounds like it touches on a lot of um, very good and emotional topics. Um, so, Arshin, what did you think about the acting? Uh, I thought the acting was all really good. Um, really, the highlight is. I might, I'm going to butcher this, but Vivek Kaura as Javed, who is the main character, of course. And this is his debut role, which is honestly kind of amazing. It reminded me of the guy, um, Himesh Patel from yesterday, who plays the main character in that movie. They're both just uh, really relatable. But this movie, it's, it's kind of, it's based off of a true story. And I felt a struggle and the way he comes up from the struggle really well. All the performances are pretty good. Aaron Figura plays his friend Roops, who's just hilarious and just, just he's absolutely hilarious to watch. And I like that he's the one who kind of introduces him to uh, Bruce Springsteen music. Uh, his dad's played by uh, an actor named Cole Windergear, uh, and he's really good. I did feel his character did get a little too stereotypical at times, but I did feel they were trying to bridge this communication between the differences of culture and embracing family ways of life and. One thing which I did find surprising was that they got Haley Atwell to play his English teacher. I was not expecting that at all. And I thought she was really good in the role. And it was she really sold the role for me. Nice. It sounds like amazing talent and amazing performances. So Ivy, what did you think about the cinematography and the visuals? I really loved the visual. They were so cool because like I said it goes back to the 80s style I really loved and the music was so motivating to me and it was super bright and colorful and every and I like the humor and this film I also love all the characters they were excellent I felt like the scenery and everything like that was pretty on top it reminded me like how they treat people like with racism and cultural differences and places and locations it was super perfect because that's how I would think of it and I think it really matched how it is in real life it gave you a glimpse of what you should expect and all the issues in different ways like with economical struggles with racism and just like getting your head start in the real world as a young teenager Wonderful. And Arjun, um, last time, a couple of questions ago, you mentioned that there were some similarities between um, Yesterday and Blinded by the Light. Um, is it sort of because like there's um, this tribute to the stars? Definitely. I I don't think the, the story is similar at all, but um, the fact that they have... Uh, 
don't want to infer Vivek's race, but I'd say, you know, an Indianish descent, like both characters are of Indianish descent. And um, it's it's very offensive if you call a Pakistani an Indian. So I don't want to I don't want to make that line. Yeah. So basically, yeah, but both of them have leads of that sort and they're based on music. And I think it's just really nice to see guys like these, you know, rise up and, and get in roles like this, which are really well done. And they both just really sold their characters to me. And yeah, I think it's really just the similarities mainly are from like just the soundtracks and what they're based off of. Okay, yeah, I was a little curious about that. But finally, what would you say the age range and star rating should be, Ivy? Well, I feel like the star rating should be a four out of five stars because I don't know if a lot of people will watch this movie, but it was so good. I'm so glad I gave it a chance. Because I just loved it. made me want to be a Bruce Springsteen um, fan. Because I, I actually liked his music. Um, and the age recommendation I give this film is 3 out of 18 years old. Because I feel like younger kids, they probably will enjoy it. But I feel like teenagers can relate more. Because they're jumping out their star into the big world as an adult. And you get to see how life is. And how hard it is. And how hard you have to work and to get motivated by others. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dora and the Lost City of Gold, the Peanut Butter Falcon, Illuminated, the true story of Illuminati, Angry Birds 2, and right now I'm going to continue talking with Arjun and Ivy about Blinded by the Light. So Ivy, um, what did you think about the um, costumes and set designs? I know you mentioned a little bit um, that it sort of captured the 80s. Yeah, I really enjoyed the costume design of this film um, because, well, Bruce Springsteen, you know how he would wear the plaid red shirts, like just give you a little bit of a look of how he would look and jeans and kind of like, I guess you could say cowboy type deal. And I liked how, um, (laughs) sorry, Javid kind of copied him to get his confidence up, which really made me laugh, but it was actually kind of cool. And I like the wigs and the old jogging suits that the dad wore of his friend Matt. And the hairstyle that Matt had really made me crack up. And I love the family's costumes. It really followed the Pakistani religion and culture. So I really thought it fit in great with this movie. Nice. That's so awesome to hear. Um, and so, Arjun, what did you think about the characters and their development? Oh, I thought all of the characters were really well developed. Like Javid, of course, has the most um, significant development. Uh, you know, just trying to get his voice out there. But I was honestly surprised that his dad also had some character development. You know, realizing that he's not really doing as much for his family as he should. And I thought that was a really neat angle to the uh, to his development. I also liked a little bit of Javid and Matt's fallout uh, because we get to see them from the beginning as really good friends and then seeing them have a fallout, you know, which I related personally to myself because I've had, you know, friends who I was friends with in elementary. And, you know, now we've like, sometimes we have our fallouts, you know, in later years. So I found that really relatable and just really good character development. Nice. Yeah, I, character development, it can really like make a break, make or break a film in certain moments. And um, so Ivy, um, Arjun could relate to some of the characters in the film. Could you relate to anyone as well? 
Um, hmm. I don't know about, um, it's hard for me to say, because I'm not very quirky like Javid is, and I, I, I'm, I don't know if I can relate to any of the characters, but, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think. Can I speak on one of the characters? If I yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I really loved the father. I thought he was hilarious. And he was played by Cole Bender. And I just, I don't, I just loved his character development. I just, I don't know. I thought it was so funny because one thing he kept saying is that, like, if America, like, if America was good at something, he would think they were Jewish. And I don't know why. I just thought it was really funny. Because he would be like, oh, I love Bruce, um, Bruce Springsteen. He was like, oh, is he Jewish? And I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> and so, um, Arjun, um, what did you think about the music? Did they sort of keep the um, old Bruce Springsteen songs and add some new ones? Uh, definitely. I think that the music really added to the story they were trying to tell. Of course, the story is at the main focus here. You know, the main, the title, like, is Blinded by the night, Light, of course, and that song does play a very prominent role in Javid's character development, which I cannot spoil. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, Bruce Springsteen tracks uh, in here. It's it's not exactly a highlight like let's say a movie like Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody would showcase the music as it's kind of like the way Yesterday did it uh, and even maybe not as much as Yesterday so but I f I felt like it was more laid back compared to those movies and um, they really just played music to showcase his emotions. Okay, very cool. And um, so Arjun, what would you say the age range and star rating should be? I'd, I'd say the age range would be from a 10 to 18 because uh, there's some language and some racist behavior that uh, younger viewers could find, you know, frightening and maybe it's not appropriate for them. And I'd say the, uh, the star rating is from as a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Nice. Well, it's been amazing to talk to you guys about Blinded by the Light, and I can't wait to watch this in theaters. So thank you, Arjun and Ivy, for talking with me about the film. Oh, happy to be here. Yeah, and so I'm going to check it out in theaters, and I hope you can too. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsFilled News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by The Jungle Bunch. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.